Remain standing, please, and take out your Bible and turn with me to the book of 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. It's on page 292 in your pew Bible. 2 Kings 4, verses 32 through 37. Elisha, the great miracle-working prophet like Elijah, and his servant Gehazi have gone to this Shunammite woman, and she was given a child miraculously, and the child dies. So the prophet and his servant are called into how to respond to this tragedy. Together as God's people, let's read verses 32 through 37 aloud. And as you read, listen carefully, you're reading God's word. When Elisha came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and closed the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he got up on the bed and lay upon the child, putting his mouth upon his mouth, his eyes upon his eyes, his hands upon his hands. And while he lay bent over him, the flesh of the child became warm. He got down, walked once to and fro in the room, then got up again and bent over him. The child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite woman. So he called her. When she came to him, he said, Take your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she took her son and left. The sins of reading of God's holy word, heaven and earth will pass away, but what you just read never will. People throughout the ages, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, Men are what their mothers make them. Napoleon said, Let France have good mothers, and she will have good sons. I like what Irma Bombeck said. She said, Behind every successful man is a shocked mother-in-law. <laughs> She's also the one that says she remembers how she had kids. She couldn't remember why. She thought it was a 4-H experiment that got out of hand. But... A Spanish proverb, for those of us in pastors, talking about the impact, ladies, you make, says, an ounce of mother is worth a pound of priest. Isn't that true? That for all the work we do. But ladies, I also want to tell you that, you know, it's a high, high, holy calling uh, that God does not give to everybody. And that's always a mystery why the Lord blesses some ladies with having children and others not. Some he blesses with a lot of children. One time I just got set up for this. True story, I was sitting there with our three kids when they were younger, playing on the swings and stuff. The lady sitting next to me goes, she goes, those are sure beautiful kids. Are those three years? And I said, yeah. She said, I wish I had three kids. And I said, do you have any? She goes, yeah, I had six. <laughs> I can see why she longed for that. But this morning as we get ready to come to this table... This table is a table that speaks to us. And on this Mother's Day in particular, we study a remarkable woman. And it's remarkable that her story has been told for almost 3,000 years, since 850 B.C. It's also remarkable what we don't know about her besides what we do. We don't know her name. We don't know anything of her background. She was not royalty like Esther we don't know anything about her talent. She doesn't have any knowledge or skill like Deborah. She apparently doesn't have striking beauty like some of the women of the Old Testament, like Sarah and Bathsheba and Esther likewise. She didn't even have a famous kid like Hannah who gave birth to Samuel. 
She doesn't have some great affliction in life she has to overcome. In fact, it says she's a wealthy woman who has a loving husband. So why do we remember this lady? Because she has a heart. And in her heart, she has the two ingredients that can take any ordinary life and make it an extraordinary experience. It's the two ingredients that the scriptures say is the most important for every human, male or female. Faith and love. The rabbi Saul of Tarsus, who we call the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to his church at Ephesus, he said, For this reason I do not thank God when I remember you. Never cease to thank God because of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints. And the Shunammite woman, unknown who she is, demonstrates these two ingredients. And as we come to this table, ladies and gentlemen, we need to come and desperately ask the Lord Give us faith and give us love. And he'll do that. Let's take a look at this story. Uh, turn with me back over to Second Kings, the fourth chapter. On page 292 in your pew Bible. Starting the eighth verse. Now there's a theme going along, we don't have time to see this morning, about generosity. There is another woman who has run out of food and oil and she asks Elisha and he says, go gather a bunch of pots. And as she gathers them, as long as she's got pots to contain things, this oil miraculously flows. As soon as she runs out of pots to hold it, the oil stops. And the point, obviously, being God's giving is only dependent on your and my ability to receive. He never runs out. And then this story picks up. Let's read verses 8 through 10 uh, together out loud. One day Elisha was passing through Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to have a meal. So whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for a meal. She said to her husband, Look, I am sure that this man who regularly passes our way is a holy man of God. Let us make a small roof chamber with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so that he can stay there whenever he comes to us. Now, did you notice something? You don't know her name, but you got the list of the furniture she put in the room. What's with that? Well, what's with that is God is showing this remarkable love she has in generosity. She doesn't know this is the prophet Elisha. She just senses he's a class act for God. He's a holy man. So she says, let's make a place for him. And you know, when a pastor finds out there's free food, he's there the next day. And he keeps coming by and this generosity that she gives. So, the first thing that we notice, this kindness. Nobody else notices this. She doesn't make the front page of the Shunem Daily Gazette. The neighbors don't say, isn't that wonderful? In fact, Jesus said, when you help somebody in the need, make sure that nobody knows what you do. But your Father who is in heaven sees what you do in secret. God notices. The Bible says that Whatever good anyone does, he or she will receive the same from the Lord. You cannot go out here and do something kind, like somebody, let, let somebody else have your parking space. Well, that might be pushing things here, but <laughs> if you did something really kind, God sees and says, yes, I'll bless. And the Shunammite woman was this giving woman. And you know, ladies, I got to tell you, moms in particular, 
Some of you have to work two careers and still be moms. Some of you have chosen by God's grace to be able to say, I'm just going to be a stay-at-home mom and what a blessing that is. And guys, I tell you, we forget what that's like. Unless they have a wildcat strike and make you take care of the kids for a day. One uh, father told me his wife, uh, he came home one day and it just was shocked. The door was half jarred. The dogs were running around in the front yard and they're not supposed to be out. He opened it. The kids are running around still in their pajamas. There's just stacked dishes everywhere. There's food all over. The telephone thing says you have 23 messages. There's stacks of mail. And he goes in and she's laying on the bed. And he goes, honey, are you okay? She goes, yeah. He goes, well, what are you doing? She goes, remember yesterday in that fight, you asked me what I do all day? I didn't do it today. It's your turn. <laughs> That's a teaching point right there. And very often, uh, ladies and moms in particular, the amount of work that you put inside. But God notices. The same with this woman. Now watch this. Verse 11. So this really impresses uh, Elisha, her love. One day when he came there, he went up to the chamber and lay down. And he called his servant Gehazi. Call the Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. He said to him, his servant, say to her, because they're translating... Since you have taken all this trouble for us, what may be done for you? What would you have a word spoken on your behalf of the king to the commander of the army? She answered, I live among my own people. Now, what he is saying, Elisha says, hey, I got some pull with people. Because Elisha is the prophet. If you go against him, he calls down from heaven, fire, and turns you into toast. And he says, you know, the king listens to me now and then. What, what do you want? I want to return. And she says... I've got everything. I live among my people. This contentment that she has came from her generous spirit. And ladies and guys as well, I want to tell you, you want to have peace, shalom, fullness? Not only enjoy what you have, but don't hoard it and hang on to it. And when you give away wealth, the wealth of relationships rather than trying to control people, the wealth of finances that God has blessed you with, the wealth of talent or maybe time to say, rather than impressing people about me, I'm going to be a blessing to others. The child of that is contentment. The Chinese used to greet each other with an expression, how is your rice? Meaning, are you full today? If in Hebrew, if you ran to somebody in Israel this morning, they would say, ma shalom ha, how is your peace? Shalom doesn't mean just lack of fighting, it means fullness. And the way to have fullness and contentment in life is to live a life of giving to others the way this woman does. She's unstoppable. But, watch this. This preacher wants to do something for her. He's not going to take no for an answer. He said, verse 14, What then may be done for her? Gehazi answered, Well, she has no son and her husband is old. Isn't that great? Because she didn't have a, a child. And have you seen the... Husband, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> this guy's really a geezer. And he said to her, call her. When he'd call her, she stood at the door and he said, at this season, in due time, you shall embrace a son. This is how dear to her heart. She replied, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not deceive your servant. He n said, you will have a child. And this is so precious to her, her whole life. She's saying, don't play with me. And he's not playing God has told the prophet, this is what is going to happen. Now, in the midst of this void, 
Not only see her love, but we see her faith. And so she believes. Now watch this. Verse 17. The woman conceived and bore a son at that season in due time as Elisha had declared to her. God sometimes will do something that none of us like. He will empty us, and that is never a fun process, in order to fill us. God at times will deliberately create a void, make a void, in order for Him to fill it in a new and deep way. He's always done this. In fact, the feminine side of God, in Genesis 1, when it says the Spirit of God was hovering, it's a feminine verb, like a mother hen, brooding. And God allows there to be this anarchy and void. Then He fills it with creation. He waits until Sarah is too old to have a child. Then the promised child coming of Isaac. He takes them into Egypt and they're under slavery. Then the Exodus event and He shows His power. He waits to a little Jewish girl at her prayers by the name of Mary who has never known a man. Then in that void, the Messiah is born. He takes His Son and on the loss of all on Friday when Christ is crucified on that cross and the end of all hope, then resurrection morning and Sunday morning. The 120 that were following it, and this time during Easter tide, Jesus showed himself for 40 days alive by many proofs and signs. Then he says, go wait for me. He ascends. And while they're waiting, then the Holy Spirit fills them and the birthday of the church. This woman has faith in the midst of this. So she has her kid. Watch verse 18. When the child was older, he went out one day to his father among the reapers. He complained to his father, oh, my head, my head. He's got this migraine pain. Now, is this a dad? The father said to his servant, carry him to his mother. Is that a dad or what? You're sick? Okay, mom. Okay, over here, over here, over here. He carried him and brought him to his mother, and the child sat on her lap until noon, and he died. She held this miracle child, and he died in her arms. Why would God do that? What would you and I do? Watch what this Shunammite woman does. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, closed the door on him and left. And she called to her husband and said, Send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys so that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. He said, Why go to him today? It's neither new moon or Sabbath. In other words, there's no feast. God isn't going to answer any prayers today. And look what she says. She said, It will be all right. This is a mother's heart with her dead, promised child laying upstairs on the preacher's cot. And she says, it will be all right. She has no idea what's going to happen, but she's holding on to these promises. Then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, urge the animal on. Do not hold back for me unless I tell you. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, look, there's the Shunammite woman. And then he realized, what is this? Run at once to meet her and say to her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is the child all right? And she answered, it is all right. Elisha sees her coming and he tells his servant, go find out. And he comes up and says, you all right? And she's kind of just dusting him off. You ever tried to get a hold of somebody and the secretary and the receptionist was just a really well-trained pit bull and you couldn't get past? She just dusts him off and says, everything's fine. She's going to get to Elisha. So she comes to him and tells her the story. 
And the Gehazi goes back and tries to raise the child, and he can't. So Elisha comes, and in that passage that you and I read, that he lays down eye to eye, mouth to mouth, hand to hand, the parts that communicate his life into the child's life. And how many of you ladies has God used with your eyes and your mouth and your hands to bring life back? He can't do it one time, he does it a second time, and the child is raised from the dead. I have dealt with some women here recently that are women of God, that hold on to the promises when it doesn't make sense. I know one single lady, a classy lady her whole life, she's been longing to be married and have a kid and... It looks like that she's not going to be married, she thinks. And she says, but you know what? I'm going to take care of the relationships I do have. And it's just too bad that some guy didn't get a great lady. Huh? Huh? What do you think? You see, the Shunammite woman was a mother first to Elisha before she was to her own. And for a lot of us that God hasn't blessed us with children, ladies, and then you say, well, what do I do? Well, then you love the other children. You can still be used in a powerful way. And so... I know another person that just told me here recently that they have lost their job and yet she faithfully received a little bit of some money on the side and the first thing she did is she wrote a check out to the Lord's work. Now why'd she do that? Because she knows God will take care of me. I mean, that's a woman of faith. I think of times, one time when our, I was coming out here to Fuller actually and to finish up my doctoral work in our kids were playing around, jumping on the bed. You know, they're always telling them, don't do that. And they're always trying to do back gainers and stuff. And and one of them did a pile driver into the other one. And it ripped open uh, Paul's head. And I had, he was like, you know, six years old. And I had to be going. And so here he is, bloodied head. And I got to get to the airport. And I did what any father did. I handed him to Carolyn. <laughs> and, you know, it was really hard. But I can say backing out, knowing what a remarkable mother she is. That he'd be all right. We need, ladies, some godly, classy women that can take others and stay with them and walk with them to the very end. Her void was filled because the child was raised. I tell you, every lady in here, someday the dreams, the secret desires of your heart are not only going to be fulfilled, they're going to be gushing over. When Christ returns... He's going to answer a lot of it in this life, but He doesn't answer everything this side. This life is so short compared to eternity. And this table tells us, hey, hey, get a perspective of what's going on here and walk with people. A lot of you know uh, uh, my spiritual uh, fathers. One of them was Eliezer Erbach, a Jewish survivor who was a Messianic Jew who discovered that Jesus was the Messiah, a Polish Jew who lost all of his family. And he was sharing a story as well as I have heard someone else tell of a gentleman by the name of Solomon Rosenberg and his wife. Their two sons and his parents were arrested when the Nazis came into Poland. And they were sent to a concentration camp. It was a labor camp. And the rules were very simple. You do your work, you live. You get too weak to do your work, you die. You're exterminated. And he watched his elderly father and mother go off to their death. But every day when he came in, he would go running around the barracks and see the faces of his family, hoping to see them. And he was so concerned for his little David, David, because he was a frail boy. 
And one day he came in from the duties and when he looked around, he couldn't see those familiar faces. And he saw over in the corner, huddling and rocking and weeping, his other boy, Joshua. And he said, tell me it's not true. And he said, yes, Papa, they came today. And David couldn't do his work. And he said, where's your mom? And he said, David was crying. And she came over. And she took his hand. And said, it'll be all right. And she walked away, Papa, with him. A mother's heart. To walk with a child, even to death. I pray that you know that is the love that this table has. God who loved so much and He loved His Son, He said, this is my beloved Son whom I am well pleased with. And yet He gave Him on that cross because He knew He had to pay what you and I owed if we were to be with Him. When we come to this table, we come to a parent who knows what it's like to have kids run away and spit on the ground and mock him as he's trying to save us and his response is to give his son on the cross. And that means as you and I come here, we can know what it is in our own families and relationships when people run away and reject us to keep on loving, not on our own power, but by the power of the Lord. You know that God not only loves you, ready for this? God actually likes you? That if there is a refrigerator in heaven, God has your picture on it? Do you know that? (laughs) Did you know if there are banquets and luncheons in heaven, God is bragging about what He is going to do through you? That's what this table is. It's that table of celebration. Some unknown woman who had faith and had love is our model. Our answer is a God who put His Son upon the cross. Let's pray, shall we? Almighty God, as we come before You, we thank You for Your great power and love in a way that we can't even understand. We thank You, Lord, that You have loved us with an everlasting love. And Lord, I thank You for this unknown Shunammite woman. And God, I thank you for all the godly women in our lives that have meant so much. Lord, some of us have painful memories. Our mother's memories are not good memories. God, I pray that we could take that right now and hand all that stuff into your hand. And you, Lord, who transformed the water into the wine, transform those memories into things to help us be released and to love others in a deeper way. Lord, I pray for all the women who long to be a mother and couldn't, that you could fill them, Lord, with your presence and peace and continue to use them. And thank you, God, when we are all gathered together someday. And as Jesus said, as a mother hand, I would have gathered you into my wings, that, Lord, we will be celebrating in those bonds of love. Thank you, Christ. Come now, we pray, and and seal your people to your heart. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.